Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Welcome to China Jedi Talk, where we interview a broad selection of the human race who spawn from different cities, towns, and villages in and around China and across the world to talk about life, business, love, strife, places, faces, different races, attractions, distractions, goals, and aspirations, creating selections, affections, opportunities, and connections, and as always, shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. May the smile be with you. Can I just say that my questions just like yours are just begun? Can I just say that your questions just like mine are just begun? Cause it was breaking news. This is streaming. <laughs> Hello listeners and welcome to China Jedi Talk. Mm. Now you wouldn't believe where I am today. We're not in the studio. <laughs> We're not inside a building or... Oh. <laughs> This is wonderful atmosphere. <laughs> We're both just starting to get drunk. <laughs> We're absolutely We're not, not yet. Stay <laughs> away from it. So, as you can probably imagine, I do have a special guest uh, with us today. We're sitting under a pagoda. You can probably hear the rain lashing down in subtropical South China. We're just starting. We're actually in a, we're in a kind of a lake. The the um, the pagoda's kind of out like a jetty on the lake. And we're looking out onto the lake with the ducks and some people over there in the distance with some umbrellas feeding ducks with bread, I guess. And I'm with none other than a Mr. Albert Choi. He's a monster. Well, I wouldn't say that, but Albert Choi, I think we need to start off, first of all, with where we first met. Because, I mean, that's a, an interesting one. Where Is did we first met? I didn't think it was anything. <laughs> Maybe our listeners will find it interesting. Oh, so, you, you, you tell them. Well, I was I in. Forgot. I was in the gym, and uh, and, uh, and and suddenly this. Some guy this, walked to me and said, "Hey, who the hell are you, man? This, Where you come from? What are you doing? Yes. You're bloody stranger here, man." First of all, Albert, how can you tell our listeners how old you are? I told you. You asked me. My God. And how old you are you, though? Memory. I have a short memory, yeah. It's the youth of today. Oh, was I then? I think, you said, that long ago. <laughs> I think you said, you're 96, right? <laughs> you're not even close, man. No, it's, it's 86, <laughs> isn't it? No. 76? Do I look that? I'm but just I trying to paint see. a picture for our listeners. Now, this is not a reverse auction when you're calling for a price of a, a, a bit for a house here. No. No, we don't see our properties here. You're definitely in your 70s, am I right? Yeah, something like that. Okay, kind of the mid-70s, I yeah, would say. <laughs> anyway, uh, listeners, I Alfred... Do have the set, I can tell you that. Albert is a sprightly old fellow who <laughs> constantly comes up to me when I'm in the gym, generally with, like, some weights under me or something like that, and he says, Hey, can I have a word? And he comes up to me like he's got some secret to tell me, and he goes, Brexit. And all Albert wants to talk about is Brexit and the current political situation in my country, England. Now, of course, I find this rather fascinating. It doesn't happen to a lot of us, I'm sure, living in China as expats. So I've got to know Albert over the months in the gym when he comes to pester me about Brexit. And we formed a relationship and I thought, well, hey, why don't we have a podcast together and talk about some stuff? Because it's not often we get um, such wonderful wisdom on our show. So can you first of all tell us, Albert, where you are actually from? I didn't know you were an interviewer. Well, I know, I'm being an interviewer But you're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to cut... from Hong Kong. I'm not going to cut that out. You're from Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I was born in Hong Kong. I was born in Hong Kong. I'm in Hong Kong. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm you know, one of your colonial citizens. Yeah. That's why I say you should be proud of your imperial history. Yeah. The Brexiters, they are most mostly imperialists. They revel in the imperial glory days when they rule the world. Margaret Thatcher said, You see, the most civilized part advanced countries in the world, they all speak English. Even Europe speaks English. And while Britain 
keeps the pound sterling, Europe does not have Britain in the monitor, in, in, the, in the currency of Europe. Britain quite decidedly keep a distance, they keep the pound. That is a big message. We all knew <coughs> Europe cannot contain Britain. It is a very proud, independent, separate entity for ages okay. from Europe. Now, Sorry, I did I mention, talking no, about I did mention <coughs> that we will talk about Brexit. <laughs> we don't tend to like to go into politics, <laughs> yeah. because quite frankly, I just uh, find no, it a tiring no waste of... Politics. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, you do, and there's nothing no, wrong sorry, you, you, you we want to talk about it. Yeah, I reckon, I've, I've gonna, I'm, I'm going to have a bet with myself, I reckon you're going to say the word Brexit more than a hundred times in this no, podcast. Probably, uh, and if no. I'm right, Who cares? you can buy the next beer, okay? <laughs> right. Now, Albert, let's go back a minute. Mm-hmm. Politics aside, mm. you're born in Hong Kong. When are we talking about in Hong Kong? When, when was this? Set the scene. Oh, it was in the um, 40s. In the 40s, okay. So, you know, to After me... After the Second World War. Right. Now, to me as a... As a I wouldn't say I'm a young man anymore, but working in China for the oh, past ten years... remember me. Going to Hong Kong and being British, I often say to myself, oh, I would have loved to have been in Hong Kong 30, 40 years ago. Not yeah. To me now, it's like, it's like London, uh, London in the East, yeah? Um, on cliffs. What was Hong Kong like growing up as a as a boy, Albert, in those um, days? Because of course, British rule, in, British in rule way? had not, uh, British what, what, rule had what, begun, or it was. Where is your focus here? There's a million things to talk about. Well, there's whatever comes to your mind, but my point is, British rule hadn't happened when you were born. No, I answer, I answer your question first. Hong Kong was not the fishing village anymore when I was born. Right. Uh, and it's nothing like that. It is now a long way from it. It is <coughs> in chaos. It, well, it is. It is just, it was then too. In the 40s? No, definitely. Well, when I was born, I wouldn't know. I would say so in the 50s, 50s. In the 60s. Yeah. Most certainly. Yeah. When I was in university, there was a riot. It was in the 60s. In the 60s. It was a riot. We say the swinging 60s. And yeah, but that was in America. <laughs> this is China. There was a um, upri- uh, street uprising in Hong Kong, um, fanned by the communists. Right. Against the British government. And there was um, a lot of fighting and um, people were shot dead wow. while I was in high school and when I went in the university then <coughs> um, it didn't come to an end then it was still going and um, <coughs> my um, um, personal goal at the time was to Get out. Get out of Hong Kong. And, yeah, and get a proper citizenship somewhere else and get a decent passport that the world can read mm. in Hong Kong. What was your passport then and, in the and, 60s? Yeah. It was a Hong, Hong, Kong, Kong, passport. Hong Kong passport. Yeah. Um, because Hong Kong uh, did not belong to a country. Britain did not want Hong Kong to be part of Britain. Yeah. Britain wants to have Hong Kong to stay the way it was, not part of China, uh, under the rule of Britain, but not part of Britain. Eventually, they gave Hong Kongers an overseas British passport, mm. which the Hong Kongers didn't want. Here's a Macau resident called a European. Oh, did they? Yeah, Macau resident through Portugal got a Euro. Euro passport. They can get a Portuguese passport anytime, but they got a Euro passport. When Macau went back 
to China. And Hong Kong people got nothing. <coughs> you know a woman called Lydia Dan. Lydia Dan? She is a baroness. She runs the House of Lords. Okay. She was a sort of civil leader in Hong Kong, works for the British government, etc. Um, she went to London, <coughs> tried to arrive at the customs. They didn't allow her. <laughs> this, was, this was in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. That would have been <coughs> in the 80. Right, okay. Eventually, um, <coughs> as she got in, of course, uh, she was a very well known figure. I think she's not dead yet, I think she's still in London. And uh, she married the uh, barrister, British right. guy. And they went back to uh, Britain and she became baroness. Well, there are many Indians who become like <coughs> um, <coughs> royalties in Britain. So why do you they? why do you mention this lady? Um, because it, she was typical of the times when it was turmoil. Somebody who is um, very powerful, very well known, influential, could be in such jeopardy. Right. She was all for Britain <laughs> when she landed up in the airport in London. She was refused entry when her passport shows clearly, of course, just like any of our passport, yeah. that she could enter without the visa. But of course, it's up to the custom yeah. to decide visa or not, passport or not, to let you in or not. Of course, every country does that. It, it was a surprise that she was not allowed in only because she was such an influential figure. Nobody knew her the minute she left Hong Kong. So, I can't believe so it. So, it gave me a very good idea why at that time yeah. I wanted to leave Hong Kong. Right. Because I knew there was no future. I will be stateless when come 1997, Hong Kong will surely revert back to China. Yeah. Because Hong Kong could not have survived on its own without China's support. But that's a long time ago, and I'm sort of digressing. My childhood was... The rain is pummeling down, isn't it? Yeah, that's I think I love, I love the atmosphere. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just hope no, you oh, our um, equipment can pick up mm. our voices, mm. and not just the rain. But um, okay, so you're at university in the '60s. It was a tumultuous time. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Politically, there were shootings going on. <laughs> what were you studying? Economics and accounting. Oh dear. Yeah. Why did you? Why yeah. did you study that? There weren't a lot of choices in the <laughs> university. So I did that, and on the side, I did a London University external bachelor of laws. <laughs> when you were growing up, do yeah. you come from a large family? Yeah, um, yeah. they all have large families. So how many brothers and sisters do you have? Six. <laughs> and were you kind of the... Fourth. The fourth one, right. Wow. I mean, you could spend about ten hours of podcast talking about, you know, their stories, couldn't you? Be one. Oh you, yeah, yeah. Do they? They are very successful. Are they still in Hong Kong? Or your brothers? No, they are all over the world. Wow. Me too. <laughs> so you uh, think I live here? <laughs> ah, but let's focus. Sometimes I do. Let, let's focus <laughs> on you then, <laughs> predominantly. Yeah. You came out of university. I don't speak like I live here, do I? No. <laughs> you, you came out of university in Hong Kong with a degree in economics and business finance. Then what did you do? Because you wanted to, to leave. I went to Germany. As you do? I did. I went to Germany and I lived there for three years. Three years? Whereabouts? Frankfurt. Frankfurt? 
No, I didn't go. I was sent there. Are you sent, sent there by who? I finished studying. <clears throat> I got a job with a German firm, one okay. of the largest chemical firms. And it was one of the um, Nazi heavy industry dealing um, organizations. They made chemical weapons. Chemical weapons. They made pharmaceuticals. And they made chemicals. Just the IC. I. Now, I worked for this firm in Hong Kong when I finished studying. Yeah. And they sent me to Germany. I was there for three years. Then they sent me to Thailand. Same company. Same yeah, 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 yeah. But let's talk about Germany a minute. <coughs> so you're in Germany in your 20s. And this yeah. must have been, yeah, okay, so. The 70s. 70s. In Germany, in Frankfurt. Deutsch, ein bisschen. Entschuldigung. Entschuldigen Sie bitte. <laughs> Alfred, is it true? Albert. Voulez-vous parler français? Oui. Oui. Un petit peu. Sorry, go ahead. Um, is it true, Albert? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, but there's a. British people will know this listening now that Only Fools and Horses do you know the TV series Only Fools and Horses it was a 1980s sitcom and there was a man uh, there was a two brothers living in a in a council flat in London yeah and it was about Thatcherism and the rise of entrepreneurship yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. being your own person yeah and uh, bringing in bringing in your own money by yourself hard working entrepreneurial and they had a, 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 a granddad, he was called Alfred, mm, mm, that lived with them in the house. Mm, mm. And, and whenever he spoke, he'd go, he'd go, join the war, join the war. And all he'd talk about was the war. And so I think I just called you Alfred because of that. Completely disrespectful, I apologise. Your name is Albert. And actually, that is his name. I've got it completely wrong. It is Albert. So that's no excuse for me calling you Alfred. Oh, yeah, but anyway, right. he used to say, join the war. And he was a brilliant... If you've never seen it, anyone, Only Fools and Horses is a fantastic sitcom. 1980s England. Brilliant. Anyway, going back to what we were talking about. Yep. Which I've totally forgot, actually. Uh, yes, Frankfurt. Yeah, yeah. Is it... Frankfurt to sausages. They're from Frankfurt, right? It's the same word, yeah. So, did you eat a lot of sausages in Germany? Because they Actually, make good ones, right? In those days, um, the typical restaurant menu is about half a page. Wow. That is and, amazingly different. And huh? only about a dozen or so choices. Wow. Um, salt dishes certainly will be on it. Sausage. Yeah, yeah. sausage. Certainly will be on it, yeah. Um, no, no, I did not eat the raw sausages. And uh, there was hardly any steak. It was very expensive. Right. So what did I have? Did you miss Chinese food when you moved for the first time? No. From Hong Kong to... No, no. no. I was <coughs> determined to leave my past. Right. I was very interested in the world the world as yeah. a whole. Yeah. Yep. Um, I never looked back. It's only in my um, um, close to fifty that I uh, started to think about coming back here. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you were in Germany The yeah. world has changed completely since. Mm. I mean it even yeah, in my small lifetime, the world has changed completely. So in your lifetime, I'm sure it's changed and changed yeah. and changed. Yeah. And it's going to change again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you three years in Germany. You like that, right? Oh, loved it. Now, what was that like? Post-war Germany? Uh, yeah. Well, it's a very... As, as one American said, what's his name? Lawrence Summer. He was a treasurer of America. Lawrence Summer. Yeah. He said, yeah, the country is fine, everything works. <laughs> yeah, everything works. Everything works. 
as an, a very orderly place. Yeah. It is not the same as the rest of Europe. At the time, mm, my colleague spoke English, but uh, most Germans don't speak English. Now they all do. Now all Europeans speak English. Mm. Mm. But I spoke German because they sent me to school for three months. Wow. You learned German? I learned German within three months. Wow. And the fourth month I started to work in the office. <laughs> Why did they want to send you to Thailand? And what was your feeling when they wanted you they to... They wanted to send me to Hong Kong. And then to Back to Hong Kong? To, yeah. And then to open up China market. You know, German firms are very aggressive. They deal with communist countries like with everyone else. Mm. Germany sold to China and Russia when nobody did. They had very good connections with communist countries. Mm. And there was a China department in the firm in Hong Kong. They wanted to send me there and then eventually to go to China. That was the plan. But I don't want to mention why. Uh, the Hong Kong boss didn't want to take me back. <laughs> well, I've got a few reasons why not. <laughs> I have to say. <clears throat> he came to Germany to see me. But he, he, he came all the time. I mean, there's nothing for him. And he asked me what I wanted to do. That was when we were going back. Uh, what, what, what I had in my mind, what, what, what sort of pay I asked for, I told him. I said, I forgot what I said. But something like, I want German pay. Uh -huh. You send me back like a German. Yeah. Because I speak German. Yeah. Better than all what everyone else that you send here to work and then hope to send back to their own country. Yeah. And I can prove it. I don't just have a Hong Kong reputation. I have a London. You gotta treat a London guy with respect. I have a London qualification, man. I, I, I got a Bachelor of Law degree from London University. What did your Hong Kong boss say to you when he came to see you in Germany, in Frankfurt, and you said, I want to be back paid. there on German terms. Right, and what did he say? He didn't. <coughs> he didn't. He said he didn't. nothing. No, he, he just said, I forgot what he said, but that doesn't matter. It wasn't very he positive. Didn't, he didn't say, no, he didn't. He, didn't uh, he was very good. He had no facial expression. <laughs> what is that? I didn't pick what he had in his mind, but I was too young. I was too honest. Mm. I told him <coughs> what I was thinking. I shouldn't have. I should be more diplomatic. Really? He asked me what I wanted. I told him what I wanted. <laughs> I was just being straightforward. <coughs> but afterwards, I found out from my boss in Germany that <coughs> he didn't want me back in Hong Kong and they would send me somewhere else. I said, well, that's fine. Well, I didn't have to go to any particular place. I could have stayed in Germany on my own and changed jobs, and I would have got to a... I could have joined Hong Kong Bank in Hamburg, they taught me. But I didn't, because I like my chemical firm. So, 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 <coughs> so um, they said, all right, you're not going to Hong Kong, so you work here. Until we decide what to do with you. Oh, great. I said, oh, I don't care. Man, I like, I like it here. Great. They gave me a very nice apartment. I said, oh, I got no problem. Yeah. So I said, I worked there. And then they told me, you go to Thailand. I said, fine. Oh, no. They told me, you go to Taiwan. Hang on. Thailand or Taiwan? Yeah. They said, in Germany, I go to Taiwan. What did you say? I said, hang on. Taiwan just went out of United Nations wow. at that time. Wow. I said, this is a, not a rogue country, but this is some 
place that is discarded by the rest of the world. It's almost you don't want me to go there. like going back to what you <coughs> tried to get away from in the first place. <laughs> I didn't want to go to Taiwan because I'm not going to get a citizenship there. Mm. And it's not a place that is welcomed by the rest of the world by the look of it because they just left the United Nations which took China in as a China representative and discarded Taiwan. At that time, Taiwan was recognized by the United Nations as China and communist mm. mainland mm. was a rook yeah. part of China, which Taiwan could not govern. So did but you China wasn't recognized by the rest of the world. Taiwan was. But just at that time Taiwan was kicked out of the United Nations and replaced by China. Just as they offered you a position. Yeah, just when they said Oh, you go to Taiwan. And oh, the boss of Taiwan came to Germany to interview me. And he said to take me off. He wanted you, yeah? Yeah, he, want, yeah, he wanted me. And then my boss told me that, oh, well, you just met the Taiwan guy. He said you could go and work for him. I said, hang on, this is Taiwan. The guy is good. That guy is good. But uh, this is Taiwan. And then I said, I'm sorry. I don't want to go so you, you, again, you were honest. You spoke your yeah, mind. Yeah, I spoke, <laughs> I spoke honestly. And he said, fine. Okay. He respected my choices. Your German, bo your German boss, yeah? My German boss. Yeah. But I had very good potential then. Because I got into Frankfurt University to do a legal uh, PhD doctor of law and I got a German language certificate to prove that my German was good enough wow. for that and with my London qualification in law they took me on to do a doctor degree so I knew they respected that Hang on, you're and I wanted to do inter public international law and they respected that so whatever I said they were very patient with me so it was good your London qualification in law came when you were in Hong Kong yeah. Right, okay. I, so. <laughs> like no other, when I was doing economics full-time, I was doing it all part-time as an external student of London University. Mm. It is still available now. My younger sister took the same degree as an external student with a pass rate of 17%. 17? London is very tough in law. She got through too. Wow. And she is now a practicing, has been for quite a few years now, a practicing barrister in Hong Kong, making millions. Wow. It's, it's, um, in Hong Kong, uh, a lawyer is, um, if you are well known, you, you, you know the legal fees in Hong Kong is three times. Yeah, I, I haven't it's met. three times. I haven't met that many. Of London. I haven't met many poor lawyers, I have to say, in my small lifetime. So you're, you, you're onto something there. It, anyway, Albert, Hong interesting. Kong legal fees, they charge three times yeah. as much as in London. And they That's employ London Silk to come to Hong Kong. Like, there's nothing. They, they employ two or three at a time people for, tell, for, for one case. Yeah, and people tell me in Hong Kong now, commercial property, mm. rental space is more than Paris and London. Yeah. It's is the most expensive madness. in the world. Um, anyway, but, <laughs> yeah. but going back, so, <laughs> yeah. so you didn't want to go to Taiwan. Mm. Your German boss wasn't like your Chinese boss and didn't say anything. He kind of said, okay. He is very accommodating with me. So what did he do? And he said, okay, fine. You don't want to go. We, we, can't, we can't force you to go. Then go to Thailand. Then, no, you keep working here. So, so it I wasn't Thailand, it was Taiwan. Sorry. Earlier you said that you went to Thailand. Yeah, I did. But do you mean Taiwan? Or? No, no. Okay. They offered me to go to Taiwan. And then I you said, said no. no. The second time. Yeah. I was, I felt sorry myself. I shouldn't have been so rude to my employer. Right. But they respect my decision. So I start, I, I kept working there. Until then they come up with me. 
Hey, hang on. You this time there's a job in Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. Thailand. Oh, so why? I went to Bangkok. But why didn't they keep you in jail? Why did they want to get rid of you? No, again? they didn't. No, they didn't. They want me to get enough experience. Oh, I see. It is a firm with a presence in each country in yeah. the world. For you to progress in that firm, you have to. You go have it. to know number one all the products. Yeah. You have been to all the departments, and you got to know the business. In Europe, not just in Germany, in Europe, because it exports all over the world. Different market. You know business in Europe, and you got to know the business in other markets. You got to have station at least a few times overseas before you can go back there and be somebody. Just the routine, because they got they they got such a huge uh, network. Um, to be able to um, <coughs> uh, fully appreciate the type of business they're in, um, you don't have enough exposure. You know that that's one reason. But really, um, I got to ask you a question you, here because I think the listeners Sorry. are probably going to want me to ask you it. <laughs> Number one is, is this company still around today? Oh yeah, right. The company became so big about. Fifteen years ago, yeah. it uh, had to split up. Okay. Because it's bad business to be so big, to be in so many different areas. So they split up into quite a few uh, areas of specialty, and each area gets broken up again, and <coughs> they Brexit. Joint, joint major with other companies. Yeah. So that when they come back to be listed again in the stock exchange, yeah. they can be a specialist yeah, firm. Yeah, understand, like a now niche. If you have a firm that are in real estate and in finance and in retail and in hotel, the investor will not know to pick you or not. Because the investor is a specialist, usually, the institutional investor. Yeah. They put in a lot of money, they don't want to invest something that they don't know. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, so they want to specialize uh, in the field that they invest in. You either are in pharmaceutical against cancer, yeah. or you are in pharmaceutical can't do it for health products. You can't do both. Or you can be in uh, baby formula. They're all different fields. They all come under one department of that firm. Now, just one department can be broken up into about half a dozen different investment fields. Now, if you are joined as one company, it makes it very hard for investors to pick you as an investment target. So, for business reasons, they had to split up. Okay. So, they spoke, they broke up into a lot of companies, and they become majority or minority shareholders, and Maybe the name of the company is still there as an investor, but the firm itself most certainly will have disintegrated. Okay. That's so, it. my second question is, okay. which I think has got to be asked, mm. is what the hell were you doing in this company? <coughs> Chemicals are a bit vague. So can you tell us what you were working on from a graduate that joins this company in Hong Kong, gets taken to Frankfurt, then he goes on to Thailand? What were you actually in doing? What were the in, chemicals? In what were this firm, I was on the commercial side. I was not on the technical side. Right. I was on the commercial side, and it's a big uh, area of operation. Selling? Uh, I wasn't in sales, but pretty much everything else. I wasn't in direct sales. Um, they had a... Um, <coughs> Uh, department called um, the ducks are the ducks are coming <laughs> to listen to you. They're, they're so interested as well. Some hot tips called uh, uh, Albert. Uh, could we just could we move in a little bit because the the rain is lashing down now yeah. and it's starting to okay. splatter yeah. all over yeah. us. Um, we just we just we just cut right. the equipment a minute. Thank yeah. you. Okay, so we're out of the rain a bit more. Mm. Please continue, yep. Albert. 
You asked the question? I asked that the question was, what exactly were you doing? And you said you were on the commercial side of things, yeah. nothing yeah. technical. Not the technical side. No. So what does that mean? Uh, I was in various departments of the firm. Oh, gee, you can the details. Oh, I don't mind. I can remember vividly what I did. That wasn't top secret, was I, it? There's no secret at all. I can tell you everything. There's no secret. But what was the chemicals for, for example? Oh, was all it sorts. Like what? Fertilizer? Oh, oh, everything. My God. Everything. It is absolutely... Food, agriculture... Oh, everything. Everything. Well, there's too much to talk about, so I better talk about the first... First one, otherwise I'll be jumping back and forth. Okay, the, the department, the two major departments that I worked for, one was Kaufmannische Direktions of Tainung. Sorry, one That's more time? Kaufmannische Direktions of Tainung. Of Tainung is department. Yeah. Kaufmannische is commercial. Direktion is direction. One word, typical German. How many should the excellence of time? It's a long word. Bad <laughs> word. That is the um, the department that reports to the board. Okay. That governs the running of the um, commercial side of the sales department. Okay. Um, they um, work with government to negotiate trade. Tra- Agreements, treaties. Um, <coughs> import procedures, tax, tariff, yeah. And they build factories uh, overseas. So it's not invoice investment involved, it involves government. So it's a it's a it's serious business. Now the other department was Fekhaus <coughs> Lighto. But it's a huge department. is sales. Lighton is leader, okay. leadership. It's a sales management overall department which governs the the, the sales department. Okay. Now, <coughs> under that, there is a section that handles overseas correspondence. No, thank you. I'm fine. Yeah, I just in. No, you. Don't worry about me. You no. Sorry, that's the school. You got there. Someone just came in to offer us some. We're fine. Thank, thank you very much. These <laughs> okay. researchers. Okay. Always looking after us. <laughs> um, there is a correspondence section that um, writes non-stop with overseas sales delegates about deals, about new products, about market prices. So you're a wheeler dealer? Well... You are the Dell boy. <laughs> Only fools and horses. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it, it's very busy because you're dealing with um, dozens of countries. It's broken up into sections. This part deals with Africa, that deals with Europe, that deals with Asia, you know, that deals with communist countries. It was all different departments. And you got to know all the so you were kind of involved in all of them, yeah? yeah well, not all of them. Some of them. It, 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 it'll, it'll take a long time because there's a lot of um, um, they all work differently. Every country works differently. Hmm. You work with South America. My God. Hmm. You know, how do you collect debts in South America? I took a lesson how to collect debt. You can't sell in South America without collecting cash first. That was then. Wow. It is now. Now, when you sell to Africa, the procedure is different. You sell to Hong Kong, China, Taiwan, they're all different. The import procedure is different, the trade agreement that you have to abide by, the 
different. You can do all that. Now it will take a long time to be able to to say you know what you're doing. It's not easy. But Albert, what are you actually selling to these countries? What is these chemicals? Are they? For example, mm, that would be great. It is a subsidiary of this company in yeah. Hong Kong. It is French, owned by this German firm. Right. And this particular subsidiary sells only four products. This is an example. Four, four department. It's not four different sales department. Pharmaceuticals, agricultural insecticides, fine chemicals that you use to produce. Chemicals and pharmaceuticals, right. the raw material, and um, refined chemicals. Yeah, yeah, fine chemicals. This is powder, you know, raw material for making chemicals. And um, <coughs> one more, can't even remember. Consumer products. Let's Johnson and Johnson, Wyeth. They sell consumer products, healthcare products. Finished products. Or like that for us facial wash and stuff to wash your face with. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the healthcare products. Uh, domestic, um, toiletry products. And they source these products yeah. all over that, the world? That's one example of a subsidiary of the firm doing business in Hong Kong. Oh. And there's another one, for example. I know these because I've been very involved in them. Another one is called... <coughs> Schwarzkopf. Oh, it? Schwarzkopf, yeah. It's a German... I've seen that on shampoo. Shampoo. <laughs> there you go. Not that you need it. <laughs> no. I bet you've got a lot of Schwarzkopf shampoos in your house that you've Tra never used. Schwarzkopf. <laughs> it's a subsidiary of this company. Mm. And this branch in Australia has got a huge factory. And they sell these products in saloons only. Okay. Not in supermarkets. You can you can buy them. You can only go to the saloon, do your hair for so many dollars, and you can prescribe the type of shampoo you want on you. You can say Schwarzkopf. Sure, sure. It's very, did it's you very do, did you do this when you were in Frankfurt? Uh, no, I <coughs> um, got involved in how this business is done. Right. Okay. So this is another type of business. Another one which is interesting too was explosives, potassium nitrate. What was that Potassium used? nitrate is the oh, chemical. Yeah. Well, I love potassium in chemistry. It's wonderful. That makes Fertilizers. Yes. Potassium make, explosives. You know, they they buy potash and they make potassium nitrate. Okay. Once you have that, you can make agricultural fertilizers mm. or you can make explosives. So it's very easy for terrorists, for example, to buy some fertilizers. Mm. And easily turn them into explosion. I can do that too. When my chemistry teacher brought potassium out in our class, I always knew it was going to be a fun lesson because potassium is highly volatile, as you know. So, okay. So you were also where were they making that then? In Germany? Oh, everywhere. Or everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Everywhere. Potash. Okay, I'm going to rewind back because okay. I think we got the chemical gist a little yeah, bit. Okay. So, you're in Frankfurt for three years, you're enjoying life in Germany, yeah. you're more than happy, oh, yeah. but then they want to get rid of you. And they say Taiwan, you don't want to do Taiwan. They, they had to get people out. I said that in the wrong way. <laughs> they wanted you to, to spread it. your wings and yeah. learn more. They, they had to get people out to, um, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they can't, they can't use you other than where you are. Right. They want to be able to 
have people who can work for them. So when they said Thailand, were you very honest then? Did you say no? I don't want to go to Thailand no, either. No, no. I decided that um, I would go anywhere, but not Taiwan. I decided that I would go anywhere because why not? I can't go on saying no. Yeah, you're in your twenties. Why? Why not? I, can't, yeah. I didn't want to go to Thailand. Yeah, I knew Thailand was very bad. Right, in those days, yeah, in the yeah, even now, but in those days, even worse. But no, I never regretted going to Thailand. It was heaven for me. It was heaven. It was absolutely now. Now, just hold your thought. Ecstatic. Right, the two words ecstatic and heaven obviously shine very brightly in most of our minds who speak English. Now. We're talking about Thailand in the 1970s, right? Yeah. yeah. Early so, 1970s. So you fly off to Thailand, Bangkok, in the 1970s after being in Frankfurt. Now, first of all, was the job easier? Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I can see, right. That Which thing? left you with a lot of time to do other things. Ah, yeah, it was easy. It was easy. It, Thailand is, I mean, as a country... The business volume is nothing right. to me. They have uh, three factories and a few sales outlets and the, the headquarters right in the heart of town. But, I mean, that's nothing <coughs> compared with a real business. This is nothing. I had a great time. Yeah. My pay was about a hundred times of local president. A uh, hundred times more than the local yeah, yeah, president? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't as much I as can't, in... I can't really remember how much... Yeah. But it wasn't as I much as in Germany, back. though. Mm. But what, what I'm saying is, was, you, was your, you know, the spending amount that you had mm. more yeah. than in Germany? Yeah, 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 yeah. More. So, oh, yeah, more, more, more. Okay. Yeah. How long were you in Thailand for? Yeah. Well, I should have stayed. Don't tell me you were only there two weeks. <laughs> well, longer. How long were you longer, there for? Longer. No, um, <laughs> not long enough. But anyway, after that, I went to Australia. Well, no, no, come on. How long? Tell us how One long. One year. Oh. One year. Oh, but dear. But really, uh, yeah, I should have gone. I should have gone. But one year was too short. But why did you leave? Uh, no, I wanted to go to Australia to get... Ah, you were for still, my you wanted, own yeah. self-interest. Right. I was after a passport okay. more than anything else. I was stateless. You wanted to get, yeah, you, you had a Hong Kong passport, you wanted, that was going back to when you were younger, you wanted to get out and... We all yeah. knew at that time, Hong Kong is not part of Britain. Britain did not want Hong Kong. Britain had a lot of overseas territories. Hong Kong meant nothing. Mm. They didn't want Hong Kong. They didn't want Hong Kong people to say, I'm British. It's obvious. They will never give Hong Kong people resident, residence uh, mm. permit in Britain. They still don't. They got too many foreigners there. They will not give Hong Kong people British passport. They will not give Hong Kong a, a British citizenship. So Hong Kong will remain, I don't know what. And China was fighting to get Hong Kong back into yeah. China. Okay, back to your point. Let's go back, um, because I think we're coming to the end of certainly this episode. I think this episode, I think we, we could be going into 100 episodes with Alfred on the park bench. <laughs> your illustrious life but I want to just before you talk about going to Australia mm. give us a snapshot of that one year in Thailand in the ah. early 70s easy work what, what did you enjoy most about Thailand be as honest it's as ever a different world mm. to Germany to Hong Kong I'm sure yes, yeah and, and surely different to Australia surely Thailand is um yeah, 
they they call it the, they call themselves the land of smiles. Yes, that is true. That is true. It is, it is a very favorite destination for European, the French, the Danes, yeah, and the. And the Scandinavians. I love Thailand when I was there. I haven't it, been back since 2001, but I, I do. It, it is a very uh, big uh, favorite for Europeans. Yeah. Uh, you go to Phuket, the island. Yeah. You actually have shopping centers, huge. But even in the early 70s? No. It, now. now. I'm talking about I'm, now. But go back to the early 70s because oh, it yeah, wasn't okay. the place. Where all everyone no, from around the world no, is coming no, to. No, but I like Thailand then, and I did not eat Thai food. Why? Then. You said you like the German food, you? Yeah. Well, why didn't but you I eat Thai? I, I, they like it hot and sour. You don't like hot and sour? No, no, no. it's not Thai. Now I can eat it, but no, ah, it's not my favorite. No. But they have Chinese food. What did you eat when you were there then? Um. Actually, I don't remember, but not Thai food. <laughs> I eat seafood. Okay. Also, you're in your 20s in Thailand, yeah. in the early 70s. Yes. Now, we haven't gone into your personal affairs, but you weren't married at the time, were you? No. You weren't. So you were free and single? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't. Ah, sorry. So, sorry, start again. I was like, I was not married. No. You haven't I was been like. Yeah. Now, you yeah. know, actually, uh, this is another part of my life story. Yeah. I don't know if you want to hear it, and I don't know if you want me to tell you. You want to hear about oh. my, um, my, my um, getting married or whatever? No. Well, but, but that hasn't happened yet, has it, in your 20s? Yeah, yeah it, it did. Oh, it did? Yeah, it, but it wasn't. It wasn't real. <laughs> Crikes, I've only had a few beers, and I'm feeling like I've had about 10. Um, uh, it's a lot, 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 sorry. Well, go on. If you want me to tell you, yeah, I Yeah, give us a story. Uh, uh, oh. oh, dear. An explosion oh. there. Just leave that. Yeah, you're best with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Research is getting too close with these microphones. <laughs> Carry on, at, Carry on, Albert. Yeah. Uh, this is the, uh, another part of my life, okay? And we were talking about my, my working life. Now this is uh, my personal life. I don't mind. I got no secrets. Yeah. If you want to hear, I'll tell you. But it's no big deal. Do you have the time? Fire away. It won't won't take long. It's it's easy. If you enjoy listening to the China Jedi podcast and want to get involved, either by asking a question, expressing your opinion, good or bad, light or dark, or even appearing as a special guest, then get in touch by emailing our team at info at chinajedi.com. That's info at chinajedi.com. May the smile be with you.